What's up guys? For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I have been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created the Seven Figure Photographer to share my journey to seven figures and help others find their way too. What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about overcoming my failures. Obviously, last week, we talked about my five biggest failures for 2021. This week, mindset is everything. Like, So who would I be if I left it on a negative note and didn't come back and talk about like the things that I'm going to do to change it? Because the whole purpose of setting you up and sharing my failures is so that, A, you can see that regardless of who you think I am, like Mia and I were talking about this yesterday, regardless of who you think I am, I still have my own failures and I fail on different levels. Like my successes may not be as big of a success to me as what you think they are in your own mind. I found this quote uh, online, giving up is the only sure way to fail. And I think that that's so true. It really defines us, our character by the way we accept failure and we adapt and we change. Uh, if we give up, if we fail at something and just say, you know what, I'm not ever doing that again, then that is the essence of failure. So failure really, really, in all honesty, doesn't exist unless you choose to allow it to win and you give up. Uh, the most valuable activity I think you can do at this point for anybody in their business is to look back at the failures that you had last year and decide on a plan of action to become better. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with this particular thing. We came up with five, which I'm going to go ahead and share here with you here in just a second. We had our five failures, biggest failures of 2021. Now we're going to talk about all the ways that I have planned to overcome and to make those failures a success. Now, even though I call them failures. It doesn't mean they're just like the five, my five biggest weaknesses of 2021. It doesn't mean that they were failures. In fact, one of them on there is kind of almost in a sense hurtful. Like if anybody was just looking at this or seeing it, knowing that number two, my, of <laughs> is employees. And we talked about this last night or last week. It's not the employees necessarily, but it's just how I work with it, how I do things. And it's really I'm taking responsibility on myself for that. Uh, last week, we talked about the five biggest mistakes or five biggest failures of 2021 for me. Now, I hope you guys have taken the time. I hope it inspired you to sit down and write out what your five biggest failures are. And when you have to decide on five, because let me tell you, there's a whole lot more than five. Timmy, <laughs> on the screen, how many failures did we have last year? Like, were we leaving it at five or are we really going to count? <laughs> okay, she's cut off. No more, no more, Mia. So anyway, those five were number one, our influencer program, which is really a huge, huge, like, it's kind of like the lifeblood of our business with our influencer program. For those of you who don't run some sort of a senior program or some sort of a program to generate leads and additional business, you got to get on that. Number two, employees. Again, like I said, it's not necessarily the employees. It was how I dealt with the issues that employees had. It's more about me. Number three is execution which like I said, sometimes I just have all these ideas and so much that I suck at executing on those things. For instance, one of the things that I've been wanting to do forever was to just create courses for 7FP. Uh, I have all the equipment, all the knowledge, all the everything to do it. Some of the best stuff to be able to do it, 
but then I just get too caught up in things and I just don't execute on getting those things done. Utilizing my current customer base, that's a huge one because your customers, we talked about the Pareto principle, how 80% of your customer or 20% of your customers bring 80% of your business or income. And so learning how to capitalize on the people that you already have in your business and making the best of them. And then number five, marketing. Again, I know a lot of you guys might think that I'm incredible at marketing or something. And the only reason I even say that out loud because it, it just twists me up a little bit saying it is because I have clients all the time that say, you guys are incredible at marketing. And I'm like, you don't even realize how bad or like, and maybe this is the imposter syndrome, really, it, because we do like if I look at today where I am today with marketing versus where we were even three years ago, two years ago, like we do so much more. But I'm going to talk about those things here coming up. So let's go ahead and jump into number one, our influencer program. And uh, some of the things that we're going to do with that or the things that I have planned and what I think are the necessary things to create or to stifle that failure, <laughs> if you will. Number one is spend more time with them. They're kind of like, how do I say it? It's like, you know you have to mow the lawn every week, right? So you just get out and you mow the lawn or you hire the kid down the street to do it for you. But what does that say about you as an individual? How does it impact like your, what your customer, sorry, not your customers, but your, your neighbors think of you? Like my son, I don't have my son, mow the lawn. And this is really actually a failure on my, another failure just in my personal life because he just doesn't care. Like, and if I send him out to mow the lawn, he leaves all sorts of big old, like, like what my dad called them, uh, big chunks of grass that just got missed. And, and so instead of me taking the time to teach my son how to do that, I just hire a company that comes in and does it and makes it look good because I love a well manicured yard. But oftentimes I think that we forget about those things that are just things that are important in life. Now this year, I didn't just have a company come in and mow my lawn. I actually went and I got the fertilizer and I took care of my lawn. And it was really cool because for like the first time in, in a lot of years, my, my grass looked better than any of my neighbors. It was brighter, greener, like just more full. And because I took a little bit of extra time and I took care of my grass. So the reason I'm saying this is I'm likening it to my influencer program. I think one of the challenges, one of the reasons we've seen a decline in our model program year over year is because every year I try to pull back and, and be less like involved or hands-on because like we have a Snapchat group and I can't like some of the things that they get to talking about in the Snapchat group. And I'm like, Hey girls, like, can you, I'm going to, I'm going to leave for a little bit. We add me back in when you're done talking about these <laughs> things. And so I've kind of just over the years, I've just kind of withdrawn from it. And partly because I've got so much focus on other things and I'm just not giving enough of my time and attention to uh, those girls. Now, that being said, like that really is like kind of the backbone of my business because those girls and seeing like how our program helps them, helps them grow and everything, uh, I think is so vital. And so that's one of the things that we're, I really want to try to do this year is just to focus on taking care of those clients a little bit better, not just those clients, but those girls and spending more time with them. Better communication. This is a huge one. I can communicate quite well, but I have a tendency to get lackadaisical about certain things. Like I just expect that people understand like Bart, here's a perfect example like 
I get orders in and I just expect that Bart knows that I expect those to be done. And then he's like, well, you didn't tell me that needed to be done by a certain time. And that's like poor communication aspect on my part because I'm just not taking the time to say, Hey, are you okay getting this done? Do you have the time to get it done? And it creates some stress and some frustration for him. And that's not his fault necessarily. It's a lot my fault because I suck at the communication part. And so I really want to focus on communicating with them better, not just the students, but the parents. And some of that comes from the imposter syndrome, you know, really setting in because I have that worry that like, they're not going to feel like they're getting enough. And so if I speak up, they might say something like, well, geez, it's about time, you know, like some of those things. And sometimes I just don't want to like go there. Another thing that we're doing this year to really try to increase or better our model program. Now, this is kind of actually almost a whole new concept with it. It's kind of going back to the olden way, but we've looked a lot at some of the, or I've looked a lot at like just the, what would you call it, Mia? Like talk a little bit about like, just the cuteness stuff we were talking about yesterday. Well, I think it goes, we're, we were talking about how it goes back to when you get that one, um, that one person, you know, the cool kid. The popular like, I mean, kid. The popular kid, they'll just say it. And when they do something, like we all did it, we wanted to do it. I mean, I remember when my bangs were like this high because like- They still one, are. Like, I shook <laughs> just today. But, <laughs> but it's just that cool kid thing. And so we're kind of throwing around the idea of, going to the schools and finding those students that really are inspirational to the student body and encouraging them to come and be a true influencer for Samuel Marvin Photography and seeing if that's going to kind of cultivate uh, more word of mouth, I guess, and more kind of yeah. FOMO. You, let, you love that word, FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's really kind of what it's about because we had a couple of uh, students at a couple of different schools last year who were very popular, which... One of the things that's weird is with our model program, we've actually, because of how our mission statement reads and really what our focus is as a mission statement, to really encourage self-confidence and individual worth and to build that confidence aspect, we've kind of trended into like getting models into our program or influences in our program that need confidence boosts and need encouragement and need all those things. And so they're not necessarily like the popular kids. And so we miss out on a lot of the popular kids coming in, which I'm fine with at the same time, I'm not fine with it. And so we're creating a VIP influencer program that basically we're actually using that as a marketing program. And I think it is going to be something I'm going to test out because I'm really going to be giving them money to be an influencer. We're just going to give them clear, concise, direct instructions on what they have to do in order to be a part of that specific program. So that's, uh, I'll kind of wrap that up. That's pretty much like the three things that we're going to really focus on with uh, the influencer program to really make things better this year. So ultimately, the whole point is that I understand influencer program was one of my biggest failures of 2021. And this year, I aim to make it one of the biggest aspects because like every year we get it, we get the model program or influencer program going. And then like it starts to just suffer and then the next year is just a little bit worse and I think that really what it boils down to is just we're not giving it a good solid experience all the way through to really get them excited about telling new people the next year about doing it so number two is employees like I said there's a number of different things with this particular thing with employees that I want to talk about and like like I said it's not necessarily that 
like my employees are bad or anything like that. It's really more about like how I dealt with or how I am a leader or an example for my employees. Now, there's always lots of different things, but number one, like the biggest thing about that aspect is just really learning how to hire slow, fire fast kind of thing. So understanding like last year, we went through kind of processes with like our video guy and kind of went through some things where it was just really challenging as far as um, we brought on somebody. Well, I fired my video guy Yin. I brought on somebody new. He was great, but I kind of fought really hard to keep him here. So I, you know, I fought really hard to keep him and it, it actually ended up creating kind of a negative aspect. Um, it made me feel inadequate or frustrated because I couldn't, couldn't show him like, or I couldn't get him to see like how valuable he could be. So it kind of made me feel like a failure there. At the same time, we brought Yen back. And then again, it's one of those things, like I really fought hard to uh, try to get Yen to want to stick around because, you know, it was one of those times where I realized like the value in what he had. But I also, after he's gone, I recognize the value in like how badly we need something, someone different in that space, somebody that's more excited to be a part of our team, somebody that's like a real team player and excited about that as, as a thing. So I think that it really, again, it boils down to me. It's like, how do I make better decisions on making sure that I am taking care of my employees right, but also like not just letting situations continue to happen. That's one of the biggest challenges we have is we have some challenging situations that continue to happen and I'm just not doing anything. So again, that boils down to me. Uh, number two is remove their limitations. Uh, I get a lot of excuses from my employees. And if you know me, I hate excuses. And that even includes Mia sometimes. <laughs> I get it a lot from my wife, uh, who in this situation, she's an owner, but she's also an employee. And so uh, again, I'm taking that responsibility on myself and I'm recognizing that if I can figure out ways to remove their limitations, all the things that they use as excuses, if I can remove those limitations and say, okay, you can't use that excuse anymore. They're either going to come up with new excuses and then that's when I got to say, okay, well, it's time for you to move on or they're going to, I'm, I'm going to do my part and they're going to be able to do better, which leads me into my third uh, aspect, which is empower them. Give my employees the things that they need to be successful and eliminate the things that I do that create challenges for them so that they can be successful. So if I'm giving them everything they need to be successful, then it really falls on them. And then at that point, if we can't continue or can't have success, then it really is just a matter of it's time to part ways and move forward. Now, the other thing that you have to understand is like as an employer, and I know this doesn't pertain a lot to many of you guys, but as an employer, there's certain things when employees start to limit your ability to grow that's when you have to decide, okay, which, what's the direction we got to go. And so that's something to consider. Number four is just really being decisive and the who, what, when, where, and why with employees and projects. One of the biggest challenges I faced with Yin was, and even with Mia, Mia just kind of does whatever and, and gets her stuff done with Yin. I would say, Hey, I want to do this. And my thing is I really want people to take that run with it come up with something and then bring it back to me and say, this is what I did. And then we can dive in and make changes based on that. And I love that concept because it really does, I think, empower people. But when you're dealing with certain employees and especially like him, he was not that kind of person. Like he wanted clear, concise, direct 
information about what needed to be completed. And that was when he could excel the best. And so that was really my own fault because I wasn't, I didn't recognize that soon enough and say, okay, like I understand where you're coming up short and I just need to do a better job to make sure that I get you that information and get you that clear, concise uh, documentation about what needs to be done so that you can have success. And so that's really like, those are the things, again, it kind of falls, the responsibility falls on me, but at some point in time, I have to learn as an employer when I have to cut my losses and just move forward and grow. This also has to do with other parts of my business. For instance, not just that business, but other businesses, uh, the escape room, we just took over the escape room and we, uh, we don't want to be employees. We, the escape room is meant to be really a, uh, a passive income kind of business. So what we did was first thing is we took one of our best employees, we made her a manager, empowered her to make some decisions, gave her a little bit more money and moved her forward. And I also went in and just automated a bunch of stuff. And so really that business can run without me and we'll just be able to collect cash flow from it. So that is employees. Next is execution. Now this is, <laughs> this is a hard one. This is going to be probably my biggest challenge this year, but there's a couple of things that I'm really going to try to focus on. I started to do it last year. I'm going to continue to do it this year. And that's just time blocking. Like I being very decisive about what I want to do with my time every day. So each night um, I'm going to try to make this more of like an end of the day thing, but it's really challenging depending upon how we organize our program for this year. I want to, I basically normally at night when I lay down in bed, I go into my phone and I put in very specific. Okay. I'm going to check email from nine to nine 15. And then when nine 15 hits and done, I, I'm done with that. Uh, but I have multiple businesses. And so I'm really going to try to block and say, okay, this business needs at least two hours a week. And so I'm going to do this every Wednesday at this time. I'm going to spend two hours on escape from Mr. Manor. This business is a new business. So it's going to need a little bit more time. Seven figure photographer is a new business and it's a new venture. And, and also I'm expecting for it to take up a lot more time because it's kind of the growth that I really want to focus on. And so determining really focused blocks of time for when I'm going to work on things and then just sticking to those. And so that way uh, I have focus and I get things done a little bit faster. And so that's really probably the biggest aspect of what I'm going to try to do to be better about execution this year. I'm determined to do it. I have a couple of huge, huge deadlines looming that we've got some stuff and it's really bizarre because it used to be from December like 24th. I would get done with all of our orders in the, in CIC pro lab, we'd get everything done and I'd be like, okay, I'm off. And I would have like three months to just kind of do nothing except for getting the model program done. And every year it's just gotten busier and busier. And I realize it's just cause we keep adding business and business and more crap and more stuff. And it just becomes looming. And so no longer is this the, the, the relaxed time, it's the busy time, but it's more sitting behind the desk, working on stuff and making things happen. So, uh, number two of that is deadlines. We've been working on this. We've been doing a lot of it. And I think we've been doing for the most part, relatively good. There's a couple of things I've been screwing up, but just creating deadlines for when things are. So we do our planning meetings on Monday morning or our, uh, staff meetings. And we kind of set some deadlines for things, but we have to get better about saying, okay, this deadline is this, like we need to not push it forward because that's where I struggle is I'm like, okay, well, 
and I'm even hard on people about deadlines and then they get stuff done and then I'm like, okay, twiddle my foot. The next is planning. <laughs> this is like one of the biggest challenges, but we're trying to actively do more planning. We use our calendars, but we're trying to, to really get focused on planning for like content, planning for uh, marketing stuff and just really becoming, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that, but just becoming more detail oriented and focused on getting those things done and focusing on them. So next is utilizing my current customer base. Now this is actually, this is really kind of a fun one because there's like, there's a lot to do with it, but it's like, there's, it's, it's like this gold mine. It's a gold mine of things that we can do to really like move things forward and to, to create growth with the customers that we already have. So clearly communication is an issue that I have. And it's not, it's not a matter of like, not wanting to communicate with people or not wanting to talk to people. I just have to slow down. And I think it's a matter of planning and being very focused on what I'm doing because I, I have this belief that everybody knows what's going on in my head and believes and knows what I'm doing but I need to communicate with my customers better. One of the things that I've struggled with for years, and I'm sure you guys have all experienced this at some point in time, I used to think that like once I sold my customers and they paid their money and they were gone, that they would be angry or upset with me because I was so good at selling them or something. But you know, the more time I've spent thinking about it, the more time I've been in the business, I've learned that customer, like people don't do that. I've, I've never gotten mad at the salesman that sold me my car. I might've been mad at him because he didn't give me enough on my trade, but whatever. But you don't typically get angry with the people that sell things. You might get angry with yourself or have some buyer's remorse, but anyway, communication is one of those things that I really, really want to do better with my customers this year. Another thing that I would like to do and that I'm, I've been starting to work on is creating a VIP customer group. Um, yes, I'm talking about a group, a Facebook group, uh, but also just my VIP customer list where customers that have worked with us and creating a parameter for how and when they become part of our customer group. VIP customers are the customers that you know, if you've read the book, Pumpkin Plan by Mike McCallowick, one of the best books you can read, recognizing the customers that are like your absolute like dreamboat customers, the customers that you're like, okay, they were amazing to work with and I want to work with them again. And so why do we not take the time to really, you know, love on them, share good things with them, make them a part of our life, make them a part of our business, that kind of thing. So uh, that's something that I really want to work on this year. And the other thing that I want to do is document ways that they can help us. Like we all talk about this referral program or referrals or asking clients for referrals. But one of the things that I would like to do is create a nice document or create a nice system or videos or something, some way that shows my clients like great ways that they can help or providing them wording for what they can post or like basically paving the way for how they can uh, gloat about us as their photographer and share with people because those customers are the people that bring us the best business. I had, we had a customer this year that was actually, they were, they worked for one of our competitors here in the area. They, the competitor is a good friend and everything, but they worked for one of the competitors. They still came to us for senior pictures because our competitor said, hey, you gotta go see Sam. I, I talked about this, I think last week. Then their friends, they referred their friends and their friends came and spent like double what they spent. So it's really, you know, they say, hey, 
you got to go see this guy. It's expensive, but it's worth it. That's the kind of customer that you want. So the other thing is just serve them. My favorite customer, I got to be gentle about what I say. She's like my top customer. She's one of my best spenders. And I say that she doesn't even necessarily, I think she does actually spend the most amount of money. She doesn't ever question anything. She doesn't like, it's just, she treats me like gold, but there's a couple of hoops that she makes me jump through that drive me a little bit batty. But one of the things that I try really hard with her, and I don't try it with a lot of other people, but I want to do more of, is I try to serve her. I try to show her that, hey, I'm willing to jump up and drive an hour over to your house and fix a picture because it's hanging weird or whatever. I want her to know that I love her, I value her, and I care about her. I love their family. I love every one of them. I want to have good conversations with them, and I want to serve them in any way that I can because I want them to know how much I truly value them as human beings. If the business was taken out of the equation, I would still love these people. And so nothing has ever come bad of serving people in the world and doing service for them. And so that's one of the things that I really want to implement into my business more this year is serving my best customers. Now, I know that sounds terrible that I would treat just my best customers, but I want to take care of those ones because those are the people that are going to refer friends like there. So that's kind of one of those things. That's one of the biggest things that I want to try to work on this year is just serving my customers and taking care of them that way. Now, last but not least is marketing. And I've got a couple of different things that I want to talk about with marketing. Marketing is something I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like our biggest failure. We go ahead and advance that. Uh, but it's definitely like one of those things that we could do so much better with like how we do things. And so part of that is just really deciding, like yesterday we were talking in our um, staff meeting, we were talking about like actually narrowing down the number of things that we have, like marketing avenues, different uh, avenues that we are doing for marketing. And so that's one of the things that I really wanted to work on this year was uh, narrowing it down. But as we kind of started to make this list, it really became clear to me that all the things that we had, like all the different hoses into the pool, I've talked about this a hundred million times, all those different hoses into the pool or these different avenues were things that I realized, okay, I don't need to narrow them down and make less of them. I just need to be more decisive in how I execute them. So direct mail is something we started doing last year because we bought the machine, everything to do it. And it does take a lot of extra uh, effort, time and money. The return on investment is, it's positive. So that's like, that's all that matters. It's, I think it's worth it in my opinion, but I'm going to give it another year just before I ever make that decision. I'm going to give it a good round of but also I want to just be more decisive about the execution. We've talked about doing four different big mailers. Uh, we were a little bit slow on getting them out last year. So uh, I really want to focus on those things. Some of the things like for sync that we're doing this year, we were talking yesterday about something that I think will be pretty exciting when we do sync. So those are things that I just want to be more decisive about how I execute with those things, deciding, okay, we're going to do direct mail but this is exactly what we're going to do with direct mail. We're going to send out four things specific to seniors. We're going to send out maybe three things specific to families, whatever we're going to do. We're just going to define the parameters and then we're going to stick to those parameters. Same thing with social media. Social media is obviously one of our marketing things, but we decided yesterday, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lessen really our impact as far as like Instagram goes. And we're going to start to focus more on um, TikTok and more on Facebook because our seniors 
their parents are on Facebook a lot. They're easier to access there. It's easier to get referrals or to move people through that process. And so we're going to focus more of our attention on Instagram, but more on Facebook and TikTok. And then uh, we're just going to simplify. But also we have to consider, okay, how much load does that put on Mia as far as what she's doing? And can we change things up and, and automate things or send things off to outsourcers? And so those are all things that we're going to work on this year is creating a decisive execution. And so that's kind of um, that, that decisive execution plan, but also it comes down to documented process. One of the things that we're doing, I asked Mia yesterday, is to create a Trello board uh, of all the different avenues uh, that we use for marketing, uh, giveaways, different things. Giveaways is actually one of my favorites, and I didn't even tell Mia this yesterday. I don't know that it really does like a ton for us. It's money, but I love it. Like <laughs> I get, it. <laughs> I absolutely love the giveaways. Uh, that's why like we're doing the giveaway. And if if you guys haven't noticed or seen. There is a post that is pinned to the top of the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, go join it um, about our AirPods giveaway. This is literally just, I'm going to give somebody a pair of AirPods for just simply for commenting, liking, posting, communicating in the Facebook group. That's it. There's no like no secrets to it. It's just a simple engagement. That's what we're hoping to drive with that. And then simplify for maximum impact. I kind of just talked about this. The idea is that we're instead of, and what I mean by simplifying is not necessarily like cutting a bunch of stuff from it, but really simplifying the processes for each of them. We don't have defined or documented processes for each of our marketing plans or each of our marketing avenues. And so that's one of the things that we're going to work on. We're going to take each one of them. In fact, we'll probably do a lot of this on the airplane and stuff when we're going to imaging uh, or when we're there we'll talk a lot about, okay, these are, this is our, one of our marketing avenues this year. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to be defined and um, particular about it. We need to put blogging on there because we didn't put that. Oh, we didn't. No. So those are kind of like, that's like all of the stuff that I'm doing to better or to uh, overcome my failures. And again, I think that it really boils down to it's like, what do you do with your failures once you recognize them? And do you do you just kind of forget about them and, and turn your back and walk away? Or do you say, okay, I'm going to take these things that I was weakest at last year and I'm going to make them my strong suits, make them my, my uh, strengths this year. And then we're going to look at it and we're going to say, okay, what did this do for us? Like how much? And I, I'll be willing to bet the two things that are going to be most powerful for us is really taking better care of our influencers, spending more time with them, and then also uh, with our customers, just spending more conscious time of taking care of the customers that we already have, uh, loving on them, serving them, taking care of them, uh, writing thank you cards to them. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna cut back to you, Mia, because we oh. had a ton of comments today in. Yeah, we're, so we're what were some of the stuff that like, were there any big questions, anything? I, I saw just, some people put some of their goals in there. Well, yeah, I was just asking people if they had thought about what their weaknesses or failures were. Um, uh -huh. And a few people were kind enough to share. So Jason McAdam, he said that a lack of engagement with his current clients, which is something that we've talked about too. Yeah. Um, and so then I just followed up with kind of, what are you going to do with that? And he actually had three He's obviously thought about it because he's like put detailed notes in my CRM about clients and reminders and then branch out his client base. So he's kind of 
he's definitely been paying attention. Tim Goats said that he Oh, felt you mean like, procrastination? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He said that while he had like his lowest number of clients this year, he also raised his prices. And so he, I think, well, maybe that's why he didn't necessarily say he raised his prices, but he had higher sales. So I'm assuming he raised his prices. And so we just kind of talked about how that's actually really good and how he's going to keep that momentum going up. And then um, Josh Peterson was saying that one of his biggest things, um, he wants to really try and use the time blocking. Yeah. But he struggles with, just applying it. And so I told him, because it's one of the things that I I absolutely love. And what made it easier for me is when I started, it was just like, okay, desk time. It wasn't narrowed down like how you were talking about it. I started off with desk time and like cleaning time because I was still working as a mom as well and doing like all that. So doing big blocks that are more, I don't want to say vague, that's not the right word, but um, broad. And then once I had those habits established of I'm doing desk time from 9 to 11, then I could break that down further and be like, okay, now I'm doing email from 9 to 9.30. And then that way you kind of build into it. So we talked about that yeah. a bit. One of the things that I actually noticed with, for me is like, there was just a lot of things, especially with different businesses, a lot of things that go like forgotten. And so like um, we have, like we'll occasionally have something break on the website for Escape from Mystery Manor. And I'll go into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like all these plugins need updated and this issue and the PHP is going to be outdated. And, and so like one of the things that I try to do is I've been trying to, and I'm sucking at it, but I'm trying really hard and I'm trying to give like, okay, I'm, I'm going to devote like at least an hour or two hours a week to just going and checking on all the different websites that we own and checking on all those things and updating things and just making sure everything's working well. And so that's really where the time blocking becomes just so powerful is because if you set the, the time, because you know me, I get, I'm so ADD and I get like off on like whatever something comes up and then I'll be like, Oh, like I can't tell you how often like, I'm like, Oh, I got to do this. And I go to do it. And then all of a sudden I see an email. Oh, I forgot to reply to that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what was I doing again? So, um, but like I just schedule 15 minutes because I can't tell you how many times I go into my email and check my email every day. And so like I try when I do my time blocking, I try, okay. And I literally put it into my iPhone. I have specific things that like, this takes this long, this takes this long. And so I have very specific ones that I put in there. And that's like, so my, my emailing is 15 minutes, the first part of the morning. And then, and then maybe at lunch or after lunch. And so I'm only spending 30 minutes of my day, like going in and checking my email. And if I'm done with those, then I can move on to the next task and spend more time on that next task or whatever. And then, but I know that I have to have them done by that specific time. So anyway, back to you. Oh, okay. we don't need to come back. Don't we have I mean, some other? Well, yeah. I mean, we all just were kind of talking about things like that. Jason was talking about kind of the time blocking again. His actual um, counselor suggested that he does it to balance his time because he is the primary caretaker of his twins. And then he's also doing the photography. So same kind of thing. The counselor suggested that he really focus on that. So I think that's just kind of a huge common thread going on. Yeah, that's about it over here. So. Okay. All right. So that's pretty much, that sums it up. That's all we got for today. Hopefully we'll be good and we don't have to restart this process. Uh, so plan to see me on Thursday, but let's just hope for the best. So anyway, hope you guys all have a wonderful day. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Take care.